Welcome to podcast number two, two, seven. Rich, let's go in to get your meat. Father Phil's not here, so we're just going yeah, inside, guys. So it doesn't seem like five minutes since I was here last, the last episode. <laughs> <Funny that. laughs> so here it is, a little bit of test. I've clocked yeah. this on the weekend as well. It's looking it's very smart. I love the colour. It's a beautiful shade of blue, isn't it? It's, uh, I think, powder blue, duck egg blue. Yeah, maybe powder blue sounds more romantic. Yeah. And does it zip along nicely? It is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful looking little machine. I, yeah. could, I could drive something like that. Maybe in my dotage. When, when I get to Farmer Phil's age, I might sort of think about getting a sporty little car like this. Rich, this goes fast. You can't even drive your own car at any speed worth bothering to have an engine speed in Speed kills, Hev. OK, here we go. In the, uh, in the freezer. Oh, here we go. Gosh, look Neither. at all this beef. It's fantastic. Yes. Phil, there's loads of beef in this freezer. <laughs> now, Rich, what would you like? Uh, well, I don't, now, I'm I going don't to leave well. your conscience <laughs> on, to choose. On balance. What do you think? Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest, given that you offered No, I beef, think you should choose it and then you... you, you give me something that might be suited to Sarah cooking, cooking a, a feast. Oh, yeah. right, so, um, okay. so it doesn't necessarily need to be yeah. anything. And bearing in mind, uh, we need to do a fair swap. Yes, so, but the thing is, you so can always bring me some... You can always bring me some fish. I could always bring some fish. Can't you? Well, if it had been less time catching that bantam... Unfortunately, the answer to catching that bantam, I broke my net... I broke, I broke the hen house. Neck. No, no, net. I catch it. I broke yeah. the hen house, and I've got an escapee cockerel off the back of it all. <laughs> and so it took slightly more time than I imagined it might do. I thought and, you were a little nervous had, about letting it out. I have got some fishies in the freezer. In fact, what I've got in the freezer are loads of the best tasting fish you could ever imagine eating, namely turbot. Right, so, you uh, can pick so, yeah. whatever you like. <laughs> what would you like? Well, uh, you pick whatever. I I know, like. have all phoned up to have the beef again. Right, that's, so that's, that's a encouraging. good sign, isn't it? That is encouraging, yeah. No, this will be the first time I've tried any Farmer Phil's beef. It'll be a whole new experience. Yeah. So I'll be able to give a good... Honest. F- honest feedback, yeah, yeah, when after we've feasted on said beast. Uh, now, the girls have just left the picking the valerian. So, yeah, I noticed uh, one of the guys just coming out and, and chopping some of the valerian from the walls. I mean, this time of year, there's masses of it. Because that's a wildflower, isn't it? It is a, it is a wildflower. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that it's a kind of indigenous to, uh, to Britain, but it's been around for a long time now, and you do practically see it everywhere. And it smells of it cat It spreads piss. so easily. Cat weed. Does it really? Yeah. Let's have a oh. smell. But hopefully that won't affect yeah, well, their not, bouquet. Not a, huge, not, a, not a huge scent, really, all no. told. But it'd be all right in a But it's quite happy, but it does tend to undermine walls and things like that because its root swells to such an extent that it does kind of break out mortar. So does over it? the years, it could be, could be a problem. You see what it's doing here? You see under oh, there? Oh, yeah. You see how it's lifted the top of that wall up? Yeah, it? it's lifted the bricks up and left what? Yeah, oh, there must gap. be a couple, of, a couple of inches gap, you know, whereas look, look what, what's yeah. happened is it's swollen up. And progressively, it's just expanded to such an extent, you know, it has that kind of almost latent power to lift the render above it. The thing is, Rich, I was really enjoying gardening until you came, 
and now you've given me two jobs. So now, you know, uh-huh. I was, just, more jobs, well, I was relaxing with the garden and just doing a bit of, you know, this and that. <laughs> and now I've got to chop down four flipping great trees. Yeah. And now I've got to get willow. the valerium yeah. out of the wall. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Okay. Uh, the trees, the willows, uh, yeah, yeah, we talked about last week. Take, take, take those out of the equation. Yeah, well, farmerfield, it would do him good anyway. Knock some weight off the old boy. Exactly. And, uh, and this, uh, I mean, a valerian is, is wonderful because it does make space for nature. It does make more cavity in this wall so this wall isn't retaining anything it's not structurally significant you see the wonderful hollow stems of this valerian i mean that's a fabulous thing i've used valerian stems for stuffing bee boxes and things like that so yeah that cracking little diameter about six mil diameter the base of the stem is is just a job for a little red mason bee now then it goes all woody and I left it all woody all winter. Mm-hmm. And then when this new growth came, I hacked out the wood from underneath. Yeah. When should you do that? That's a perfectly sensible time to do it. Valerian is something that you can hack relentlessly and yeah. it keeps on coming back. It doesn't seem to matter how you take it out of the equation. It will keep on growing like mad. So I wouldn't really worry about it. What I tend to do with the valerian at ours, because like here, it, does, it just goes crackers everywhere, is to cut it quickly so that it doesn't seed and the flower is there to support the various lepidoptera that really seem to enjoy it and what? you, you often what? get those you know those um what, lepidoptera? Um, what are they called those uh, hummingbird hawk moths oh yes because you've seen those here. they've been here yes. and they love valerian they love it and, and so you've got this wonderfully cylindrical globe flower really of a kind of multitude of, uh, of little florets and you've got this kind of creature that hovers just there, animating that whole space. It's a wonderful thing. So I tend to leave the flowers just as they're about to go over and then cut it oh. to stop it seeding and going everywhere and, and growing like I that. I see. Well, and so then, you cut um, it down here at yeah, right yeah, at the take base? Yeah, just take it off at the base or, yeah. or, you know, or just above it. Oh, OK. Yeah, so that's good. But it does make... It's, it does have a shelf life as well, doesn't it, as a cut flower? Oh, it lasts so, really well. <laughs> so it's working quite well in this setting. Yeah, so we don't mind you're making it, a few, please. you know, making a few quid out of yeah. your garden as and well. look at that valerian on the wall. Michael says there must be 50 feet of it, <laughs> but he's exaggerating. It's just a few blooms. It's going to be. But with delves at over a pound of stem, what? Yeah, <laughs> just the <laughs> job, just the job. The beauty of that wall is that it is an old stone wall, and it was made how many years ago, do you suppose? I reckon probably 1800, yeah, something like that. Yeah, longer than Phil's been alive, y- definitely. Yes, definitely so it's, longer it is, than that. You know, it's, it's incredibly old. What makes a wall is all the vegetation that's growing on it, really. You know, folks are obsessed with cleaning out the little bits of moss and grass and, you know, sedums and things like that, all those little succulents that think, well, I can get in there and I can just make a, make a home for myself. I need to be scratched out by some sort of You know how spot that is, though, don't you? That, doesn't that look wonderful, all that moss growing on it and the valerian just spouting out of the top? Yeah, but you know whose fault it is. No, whose fault is it? It's is Mr. it just Pavia society Man. generally? Or, no, or sort of... it's Pavia companies. Pa- <laughs> you know those ones that make you have the bricks uh, at different angles? Yeah, I think Michael's yeah. got some of those, actually. Yeah. And they like Tesco's car park. And, yeah. and they don't understand that you need all this lovely lichen and all these things look growing at this. I mean, look at this amazing lichen on the top here. And there's a little pill bug. You see oh, that yes. little guy? And if it weren't for... Oh no, he's at him. Oh, there he goes. He's obviously got that's interesting. What's going on there? I wonder if he's kind of mated. I don't think they're carnivorous pill bugs. Rich, if he has mated that pill bug, it would act like a terrier mating a great dame. 
<laughs> That's uh, he's often no, scuttling away. Like oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's he's Do you know the the Latin name? I've never bothered to try to remember the, the scientific name for most of these things, but this is one that's really easy to remember because it's Armadillidium vulgar. Um, oh, uh, vulgar. Uh, well, well, just oh, meaning, no, we just meaning common, but that's, yeah, <laughs> it feels vulgar. <laughs> but this uh, Armadillidium, so it, it does oh, look like yes. a little armadillo. armadillo. What have we got here, Rich? That's something else. <laughs> that's another, that, that's that's, another creature that's a, of sorts. Something but, but else. I have no idea what that is. But you're an expert, and but look how beautiful we're here, it is. right? I'm definitely not an expert. The, the, we're here looking at this wall that's been built by somebody that is housing and providing opportunities for a plethora of interest, really. We can enjoy the space, but if we're able to change a few mindsets along the way, just allow things to flourish. Isn't that so much more interesting? Absolutely. I love the look of this wall, but Gorgeous. I love the fact that you don't have to do anything to it. That's yeah, well, that's, <laughs> well again, you see, that's right. Yeah. We kind of make work for ourselves, we don't do. we, human beings? What's the matter with us? Mm. Pavia man, ban him. OK, so we're walking back towards the front door now, just passing by the lavender, which I have weeded, but some weeds have got the better of me. Darn it. Yeah, they do that. They oh, do that. There's a few, a few grasses just poking their heads above, above the rooftop of the lavender. Yeah. And that wisteria that we're, that's on the front of the house is just a home for all those chattering birds. Yeah. Wisteria is a fantastic plant. It's quite gorgeous. You know, I've got a wisteria on the, on the back of our place that I bought from one of the show gardens at Chelsea. Yeah. One of the Chelsea things that we did years ago. And they break down their gardens, they're selling off all the stock. And I bought this thing for 20 quid. So that was a bargain in itself. But yeah. to get it from a gold medal show garden at Chelsea is quite fun. And it's brilliant because you can put it in really poor soil and it seems to do better off the back of really impoverished ground uh, adjacent to a building than it would if it was in really good soil. Should we have a moment of silence and listen to what's going on at Wiggly Wigglers? We've got birds on the one side, yeah. and then this is our favourite. This is Ron. Ron. So Ron Singing sings Ron. all the time. Does right? he? Yeah, he gets on a theme. So sometimes it's Don't Cry For Me Argentina. Then it moves on to Oh, What A Beautiful Morning. Yeah. And then he starts whistling, and he keeps us all happy. So we've got the windows opening. Here he goes. He's a happy chap, isn't he? He's he is definitely a half, uh, a, a pint half full <laughs> chap. Rather than, uh, yeah, gotta, nice? It is nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah this podcast makes a makes, <laughs> makes a day. <laughs> makes a day. Yeah. Hello, Ron. So we're just going to go up to the house because, as usual, the Starling box has been inhabited, and they're so cheeky. It's right by the kitchen, and they have to pop, what, less than 10 metres to get their tea? Yeah, Which yeah. is mealworms. Yeah, yeah. So they go from there to there. So they're stuffing their brood. Can we hear the little starlings? I don't know. Whether they, they've they, fled they sort or... of quiet? Are they, are they in there now? They were on Sunday. Are you knocking on the... Is that you? Did something answer me then? I don't yeah, know. Go on, do it again. Just a... No, it's all quiet. There doesn't seem to be anybody at home. Have they? Have they? Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen little pockets I've seen of, them uh, of brown starlings? Right, right. 
So whether or not they've now gone... It's a great place, isn't it, for starlings? And it's a, I mean, it's a, that nest box, how big do you reckon that is? What's that? It's about sort of 14 inches by maybe 6 inches, something like that. And for our um, European listeners... <laughs> yeah, That's, well, um, uh, yeah, uh, difficult, difficult to say. Maybe forty uh, centimeters by. Um, well, no, maybe slightly more. Maybe sixty centimeters <laughs> by, by twenty centimeters. Exactly. Something like that. By so, uh, yeah, fifteen that, centimeters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that way as well. Yeah. But it is. And uh, what? How big uh, that hole is? What? That's maybe an inch and a half aperture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's absolutely fine. Something that maybe what? Seven foot off the ground. Let's see. Maybe seven foot. I'm five it's, foot it's about, half an inch. Yeah, it's about five foot above you. So, yeah, seven foot above the ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> and, uh, and that's nice to be able to see the birds to and fro in, really. And it's safe enough, you know, the cat can't get at them. And uh, the forage is, as you say, ten feet Right ten on their doorstep. And they've got the pond. Do, they, do starlings use ponds? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They, they love bathing. And you can often see big family groups all together fluttering away at the edge of a pond. I mean, all birds really like bathing. It's, it's, it's very important for them. And that pond actually really lends itself to bird life because it's so shallow and has such wonderfully shallow sloping banks. Anything can get in there and uh, flap away to its heart's content to get rid of all those, those ticks and mites and things like that. I've got a load of plants left over from um, when Alison took the plants back. She brings them when we need them rather than us stock them. Right. So I'm going to pop those all the way around the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think? Near those trees? I think away from where they're likely to get trampled by the cows. Which yeah. That would be the biggest challenge. Because whilst there aren't many cows in there, there are a couple, aren't there? Yeah. Um, therein lies the challenge, really. And but the yeah, pigs I think will be depends, coming depends in. I think it's five weeks before right. the pigs come. They won't eat the plants, will they? <laughs> they'll they'll rotate, they won't they? They'll just the rotivate that whole patch. <laughs> in fact, it'll look quite different after they've been in there for a couple of months. <laughs> Right, let's call in on the sparrows. And then you can check out my tomatoes. Check out your... Tomatoes. <laughs> that's to you that. Tell me. Is that a euphemism for... I don't uh... know. <laughs> so this has been a hive of activity. Yeah. Sparrow terrace is a gorgeous thing, isn't it? They're such sociable birds. It's almost a shame not to put up... There he goes. There's a little female sparrow just, just off-ski. I heard this rattling underneath her. It's almost a shame not to put up a, ter- a sparrow terrace because it just gives two or three pairs a chance of hunkering down next to one another. Yeah, well, sparrow terrace basically is one box with three nests in it, isn't it? It is, pretty much. I mean, you could make more, I suppose, couldn't you? I mean, you could have a nest box, depending on how strong you are, and uh, yes. <laughs> you know, attempting to get the thing on the top of the ladder and fix it the wall, but there's no reason why you couldn't have a sparrow terrace with 20... <laughs> <laughs> different compartments in it but they do tend to be the, the kind of classic design feature are three boxes yeah yeah it doesn't need to be a very big space a, a, a sparrow is a modest bird in lots of departments and they probably feel secure off the back of that because naturally you know they would if they if they could get under the eaves of a house several pairs together they would now sparrow terraces now have the holes all on the one side but that's an old one right and I noticed she was using the side hole, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was, yeah. And I think it's possibly because the end nest box, all those nest boxes have been used, but I wonder if that end one is the most popular one because it's in the uh, quietest corner, if you like, in the shadiest corner as well. Yeah. Possibly the coolest corner. I suppose the reasons that the holes are all on the same side now is because if you're sighting your bird box, then really you're looking to have it facing a certain direction. But there, what's this, north-facing now? 
So the whole thing is on the north-facing back of the house, isn't it? And that's absolutely fine. It wouldn't matter a toffee, really, whether, the, whether those holes are in the front or in the sides of the box. How many young would they have, each sparrow, then? Well, it's usually sort of three or four. Yeah. And, and usually you'd get sort of three fledged and then probably one or two might survive, or none. Sparrows tend to have a couple of clutches Once each they year. fly... Do they come back home, or do they just...? Yeah, they will, they will come back home. Yeah, they're a, they're a, they're a homely bird, really. House, yeah. house sparrows don't really have a, a massive range from where they, um, where they grow up, and I think possibly one of the reasons why uh, house sparrow populations have declined is, is because they can't take off to where the food is. You know, if, if they're in a space that uh, doesn't have much feeding opportunities in the winter, say, for example... Oh, I can hear them they, cheeping. They disappear, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's great when you can see their little heads poking yeah. out of the holes and their little <laughs> yellow moors, you know, yeah. encouraging a parent to go off and find some more forage. Right, listen, Rich, I can't muck about now because obviously we have to get our money's worth out of you. You're only here for a day. I've got 24 <laughs> videos to do. To 24 videos. Me. I didn't yeah. get an email yeah. last night that said, right, we're going to do all these yeah. in two minutes. Absolutely. I thought, yeah, right. And it's actually yeah, fine. But, you know, we've got to have a cup my... of tea because no. we've been talking know, for a good hour I know, and but now, the thing so. is, Rich, you've advised me on my beans. I know what to do with them and yeah. it's just the tomatoes left. So come on. OK, OK. Okay. Oh, God, is it Just tomatoes. Get... Yeah, come on. Are you growing tomatoes outside this year or are they indoors? Well, I put them in here and I didn't know what to do. They're in the greenhouse. Yeah, yeah. well, that is a, is a safe bet, really. So let's go in the greenhouse. I don't know whether they need watering every day or twice a day or whether they need tying up. I don't know. OK, we don't, we don't need to water them twice a day, but certainly in a greenhouse, it's a good idea to make sure the ground is moist. So I just check it, really. I mean, it doesn't want to be saturated, but it, it's never going to get saturated because in this greenhouse, especially, you've got good, good ventilation. And the, and the, but the ground will stay relatively moist. Just check, make sure you check every day. And when it's very hot, then water once a day. Why do people, I know this is a stupid question, but why do people always grow tomatoes in grow bags? I haven't, because uh, uh, I didn't well, have one. It's usually for the sake of ease, and they don't need a very thick substrate, which is just as well, because there's not much depth of, of medium. Of what you mean, so they don't a, need a deep thing. They're root. relatively shallow-rooted tomatoes, so, um, yeah, they don't need a, a, a big thick area to to go down into the ground to. And, of course, grow bags are designed to have sufficient nutrient for the lifetime of a, of a tomato plant. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really a kind of... It, it, was a, it was a classic invention, really, wasn't it, for the sake of ease? Yeah, there you go, here's your bag. There's three little boxes that you rip your plastic off the top of the bag, stick your tomatoes in there, and jobs are good too. I mean, what I've done with grow bags in the past is I've kind of dug the grow bags into Belfast sinks and things like that because it, it uh, just offers a more aesthetically pleasing planter, you know. So you've got the material you need to support the tomato plant but yeah these guys are what well, they're probably like 10 inches tall now so still still relatively small but now they'll they'll go bananas and they'll they'll start to grow exponentially even they see there's a little little flower coming on that plant so when fact, are two, I expecting the harvest because this is it's a bit steady yeah isn't it? maybe August I mean I come out I've got my August. few leaves <laughs> but instant, I planted everything yeah just so always in a rush yeah, yeah. you see there's a few little self-seeding squashes here Right. So that's probably come out of your um, Bokashi bucket. That little self- you haven't planted that there, have you? No. So that's a little self-seeding squash or cucumber or something like that. Yeah, and that's almost certainly a, you know a seed from a, 
uh, a squash that you've scoffed later on early on in the year. Right, okay. Yeah, just be, just be mindful. When these tomatoes grow, which, and they're going to grow, I mean, it depends on variety, but the chances are they might get it right up to the top of the, the greenhouse, which is, you know, six foot, over six foot. So they're going to get that tall, and the tops of them are probably going to bend against the roof of the greenhouse. You might need to pick out the little centre... See, in the, in the centre of these plants, you've got little tiny stems that are growing in the cleft of oh, the leaf. Oh, yeah. Some varieties, you have to pick those out because what they do is they compromise the, the fruiting energy of the plant. So you, you need to pick them out um, to make sure that you get better fruiting and, and a greater quantity of, uh, of, of fruit. But it just I, I'm not sure what, what varieties are because there are various bush, bush varieties, for instance. This year I've, I've got a, a, I'm trying a, a more blight-resistant variety called Legend, which is a bush variety. It's a, it's a beefsteak tomato, but they recommend not pinching out those little shoots. Oh. So uh, and you know other things like Gardener's Delight, for instance. I know, you know people will argue this as well but i think gardener's delight you probably don't really need to pinch out those little center shoots where some people say definitely pinch them out but i don't know i mean it's uh, but certainly with some varieties it makes sense to take them out so just be, just be mindful maybe you know if you don't know what they are probably pinch out two out of these four plants okay they're different varieties but i don't know what they are now um, now you can see the indecision in heather's gardening uh-huh. that now these are farmer fills knickers which i have cut into strips <laughs> they were actually a classic pair of next really? boxer shorts really? yes yeah um, and i've cut them into strips to act as soft ties yeah yeah for the and that's it, a really I'm good idea i quite like it when that's i come really in the idea. greenhouse yeah, that's to see great. these knickers there's reuse going on yes. in, the, in, the, um, in the orange garden yeah it's great um so i've tied this tomato plant yeah yeah and then i've just tied the and stuff round, <laughs> round the, the, the in stick. readiness, Ready. in readiness for when Imagine. that plant gets to the gets to the top. Yeah. But I was put off because when she told me about my beans not needing to be tied, I lost confidence with my tomatoes, so right, I just right. tied one. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, that's what we did. Because obviously, there's no wind or anything in here, um, so they're not going to require the same staking. Um, right. They're not as subject to kind of blowing over and things as, as, as they might be if they're outside. So do they need this so, um, bamboo cane at uh, all? It, it was, it's in there now, and I should definitely leave it there, because when they do get really tall, what it will do is keep them from falling down over the path, for instance. Right. So, yeah, when they get a little bit taller, then you can tie them in and stake them, but they're not going to suffer in the same way as they would if they're outside. OK. So you're happy with them? Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I do like those ties because they, they've got, a, well, they've oh, got yes. some elasticity. They like, have, yes. Yeah, they're stretchy little ties and soft so they're not going to cut into the... Yes, uh, the, and you, know, you can plants. think back to Think back to when you were, you were tugging on those gone. little knick-knacks all those <laughs> oh, years ago. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Off we go. Time to end the show. <laughs> Is it time for a cup of tea? I think it might be, you know. I think it's time for a cup of tea. Oh, oh yes, just when we go past my veggie patch, what's been eating this, Rich? Oh, Look at my lettuces. What's happened to the top of them? Oh, uh, yeah, that looks like a bit of sparrow package, I would say. It looks like the spuggies and spuggies or chickens, yeah. Right. But that's, that's birds. Cause you see how tatty it, it's been yeah. torn? And that's, uh, that's bird predation, okay. either chickens or sparrows. Right, time for tea. Let's go. Oh, Grey? Sounds, sounds like a plan. Brilliant. Because I do that Tales from the Hill podcast now. Yes, we plugged it. <coughs> Did you?